0: You're listening to the Phillies Nation Podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com.
1: What's going on everybody? Johnny Heller, host of the Phillies Nation Podcast, and you're listening to the final edition of the Phillies Nation Podcast before the regular season begins. Um, We're going to talk about some of our predictions for the season and just the Phillies outlook for the season. And we are joined by a special guest. And Ty, would you like to introduce our guest?
2: Yes, I would. So uh, this is a guy that we've had on before. I think the last time we had him on was to talk about the 2019 Phillies and before that the 2012 Phillies when we were doing our, you know, our breakdown of each season when there was really no baseball going on during the shutdown. Uh, And that is Tim Kelly, editorial director of Phillies Nation and the host of the Locked On Phillies podcast. Tim, how you doing? Uh, thanks for coming on.
0: I'm thrilled to be
2: on for all these
0: momentous occasions. I'm happy to be back, though.
2: 2012 Phillies, it's always a good one to talk about. But, yeah, today I guess we're talking about the 2020 Phillies. It seems like it's actually here, surprisingly. You know, uh, we'll see if it makes it all the way through. But opening day is this Friday for the Phillies.
0: Yeah, I had some reservations, but having been down there, I think at least from what the Phillies are doing at Citizens Bank Park, I'm confident they can make it work. Whether teams in Florida and Texas and Arizona can and obviously that impacts everybody else remains to be seen.
1: Yeah, for sure, but right now, you know, like like Ty said, we're skeptical, but the season's starting. Um so before we dive into our um, predictions throughout the league and, and everything for the season, uh, Tim, I wanted to ask you a couple questions because you have been down there, um, you know, for some of the summer camp. And uh, the first thing, and it's really, we're three days out of opening day and we still really don't know what the rotation is going to look like. So do you have any um, thoughts on, on what it may look like heading into the season?
0: Well, Aaron Nola is definitely going to be number one. And I think Jake Arrieta is definitely going to be number three. And after that, it's kind of all bets are off. Zach Wheeler is going to start the second game if his wife doesn't give birth. If she does, Vince Velasquez is probably going to start that game. And just based off listening to Joe Girardi and Vince, I I would be pretty shocked if Vince Velasquez isn't in the starting rotation to begin the season. And, you know, after that, though, you really have no idea. You don't know when – Uh, Zach Wheeler does go exactly how long he's going to be gone for. Uh, Zach Eflin's throwing a simulated game on Thursday. If that goes well, Joe Girardi said he'll be in the mix. Well, I, I mean, that doesn't really clarify anything, to be honest with you. So we have that situation. Nick Pavetta has had some nice moments in summer camp. Uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to the bullpen if he's not in the rotation, but he may be in the rotation. So it's difficult to say there. And then I think Spencer Howard will be at whatever we're calling triple A to begin the season. Uh, and then after the six days are up, which is five games, I have, I expect him to be up and on the Phillies in some form because I just think he's too good not to be.
1: Yeah. You mentioned Velasquez and I, I think like, Phillies fans are used to hearing over and over um, about how Vince Velasquez has stuff and potential, but, um, and obviously these games haven't mattered, but watching him, you know, against the Yankees the other night um, and in an inter-squad game last week, he does look better than what we've seen. He's mixing four pitches. He's added a cutter. He's throwing his change up more. Um, so it definitely looks promising, but uh, we'll see there. Ty, do you have any thoughts on the rotation?
2: Yeah. Um, I just wanted to reiterate what you just said about Velasquez. He has looked really, really good in, in what we've seen. Uh, He would have made it through five scoreless against the Yankees, but they brought him out uh, to face another batter. And he uh, almost immediately gave up a home run to Aaron judge, which I thought was very funny. Um, You know, just a meaning, a meaningless uh, game there against the Yankees. They just want to get some extra work in and he, Gives up a home run right away. So great, great moment. You, you love to see things like that. Uh, but other than that, he's looked good. Um, Cutter is a big addition. Changeups look good. And I thought his curveball has looked really good as well. Um, so like you said, you've heard a lot about him, especially his fastball. But looks like he uh, is more than just a fastball pitcher at this point.
0: Yeah, and he looks way more confident to me. I think that's a big thing. He threw 26 pitches last night. It was kind of uh, the type of first inning that you're used to seeing from him in a lot of senses, And in a lot of other years, maybe that would have ended with him only completing two or three innings. Last night, he just kind of seemed to not get flustered and get locked in. And part of that is definitely just having more pitches that you're confident in. And I think he's worked well with Brian Price so far. But – it feels like there's something beyond that that just mentally he seems in a much better place this year which is obviously a gigantic part of pitching
1: for sure and yeah we'll definitely see um, like you said I, I, I do agree he'll probably make the rotation out um, you know to begin the season we'll see from there uh, now like I said you've been there um, a couple times over the past couple of weeks are there any players uh, who have stuck out to you who have surprise you in any way that you might expect a big season from or or anything like that
0: I think Connor Brogdon stood out to a lot of people I I think he's going to be in the bullpen in some form I don't know if that'll be to start the season but I I would expect to see him here at some point and probably for the long haul he is that type of stuff the other one that stood out to me is a little obscure and that's Mikey Matsu he just like He's one of these guys. I'm not trying to make him into this year's Brad Miller, but I feel like he has a lot of that same type of skill set where he's swinging to hit the ball a long way every time he does. We saw him have a nice hit in the inter squad game. He is, I mean, maybe with the exception of Bryce Harper, like the guy to watch in batting practice. He puts on a show out there. So I'm interested to see. I don't think he's going to be on the opening day roster. He was delayed in arriving to summer camp, but he's one of those guys that. I'm not sure. I don't even know if he has an opt out, to be honest with you, but I'm not sure even if he does that he'll use it because I don't know that he's going to be guaranteed a job anywhere else. So he may not start the season on the team, but if he's on the satellite team or triple a, whatever we're calling them and eventually gets a shot, it wouldn't shock me if he makes an impact. Like it, it's weird to think about Brad Miller wasn't on the Phillies for that long and made quite the impact off the bench. So it doesn't take a ton especially with the dh as an option now uh he's someone that i would keep an eye on this year
2: yeah um i just wanted to talk about brogdon for a second Uh, i saw him a bunch last year in double a he rose through the phillies minor leagues pretty quickly uh last year he made it all the way up to triple a by the end of the year um sort of on a similar ish path to what we saw with sir anthony dominguez the year before but uh he didn't quite make it to the majors. I, I think some people thought that he might in September, but uh, it didn't end up happening. But his changeup is a legitimate major league pitch. Um, you know, we'll see how it it plays once he is actually pitching in the majors. But I think he has the stuff for it. Uh, and and like you said, Tim, I think he'll be. I think he could be a you know legitimate option for them out of the bullpen.
0: Yeah, and they need those. Like, you have Hector Nares who's under contract for this year and next year. Beyond that, I mean, who knows what the bullpen is going to look like next year. The way this is going, it doesn't look like Serenity Dominguez is going to be an option next year. Uh, I think this is Adam Morgan's final year of arbitration, maybe he has one more. Jose Alvarez is a free agent. Like, you really have next to no certainty in the bullpen this year. And even less next year. So if you could have somebody like that come up and then whichever of Pavetta and Velasquez doesn't end up sticking in the rotation, maybe you finally do give them an extended look in the bullpen. You need to kind of have some options. Like you can go into the season every year needing to find three guys for your bullpen that you need to hit on. You can't go in needing to find seven or eight though.
2: Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of guys um, like Brogdon, like that similar, Uh, type of position that they're in and the the team is in with them that you know they were in the upper minors last year and they have stuff uh, but they're gonna have to figure out which ones actually hit and this season's gonna be a big part of that to kind of figure out their bullpen in the future me or uh, Johnny and I have talked about that uh, quite a bit with some of these names you know Ramon Rosso comes to mind uh, Mauricio Yovera Uh, Garrett Clevenger and some others you know guys with with stuff or a few pitches that look like um, they they have potential but this year is going to be big and for the Phillies figuring out you know if some of those guys can pitch at the major league level and uh, figuring out who could be in their bullpen going forward
0: yeah and going young I mean that's basically what Joe Girardi said they're going to do I if you had told me at the end of Clearwater when Clearwater was suspended even the beginning of summer camp that Francisco Liriano was going to be let go, I I just wouldn't have believed you. So they are putting all their chips to the center of the table and some of these young guys uh, figuring things out, getting Ranger Suarez back, maybe getting David Robertson back at some point. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of question marks. And at least one of the two of the rotation or the bullpen needs to turn into a strength for the Phillies if they're going to be a playoff team.
1: Definitely. Ty, do you have any any players that you you've seen um, in, in any of the games that have stuck out to you?
2: Yeah, just watching some of these uh, inter-squad games and uh, some of their, you know, scrimmages against other teams. Uh, Phil Gosselin just doesn't get out. <laughs> I think I think I read on Twitter tonight. We're recording this on uh, what's today, Tuesday night. Um, I think he has like two or three hits again. And I just don't think he gets out. And. Because of that, I think it might be hard to leave him off the roster. Maybe he doesn't make it, you know, right away. But I think it's safe to say we'll see him at some point with the Phillies. You know, he wasn't even with the team for a large part of last year, and he still led the team uh, in pinch hits. So, you know, some in the past have compared him to a right-handed Greg Dobbs. Uh, you know, maybe he could be a player similar to that, just a reliable pinch hitter, uh in in you know, third base type of guy for the Phillies. Yeah, I mean we talked about it last year. It was he kind of
1: babbipped his way to a bunch of singles and that's also kind of what he's doing now. But,
2: you know. Is it is it babip luck if you just do it your you whole life? All, yeah. I
0: really do firmly believe there's some guys that just like in terms of those type of numbers just never make sense and you just don't question it. And I am starting to get the feeling like he's one of those guys where you feel like you can't hit the ball on the ground or blooping it as much as he does, but he keeps doing it and it keeps working.
1: Maybe, maybe that's the case. Um, So before we dive into our predictions around the league, um, just we'll start with the Phillies. Uh, Do you guys think the Phillies make the playoffs? Um, Who's going to, you know, break out, who's going to play well, who's not going to play well. I'll let uh, Tim start.
0: Yeah, I think the Phillies are right on the cusp of one of those two wild card spots. I don't think they're going to win the division, but I I really have had this feeling in summer camp, and I kind of just think this about the baseball season in general. Either either this is going to be a completely superstar successful season, or it's going to be a train wreck. Like, I just – I don't have the feeling like the Phillies are going to go 30-30 and 30 this year. But I, I watch Bryce Harper, and I really think he's going to have a special season. And over the course of a 60-game season, that's the type of thing that can carry a team and make up for some other holes. I also think uh, it's kind of a meme on Phillies Twitter, but Aaron Noll pitching in the heat is a really good thing to start the season. So, you know, I, I lean towards them being contending for one of those two wildcard spots.
2: Yeah, I, I'd agree there. I think, uh, I'm not going to give you my, you know, total predictions. I think we're saving, I think we're saving our playoff predictions till the end, but, uh, they're, they look like they're going to be a competitive team this season. Um, uh, nothing, you know, I, I think I shouldn't say nothing is certain. Cause I think, I think this lineup is going to hit. I mean, we also thought that last year, but, um, uh, I do think that the Phillies lineup is going to be good. Um, I am starting to like the starting rotation, um, but I th- I think that I think that the bullpen you know if if they can figure it out that's going to be uh, a really good team and and like I said earlier they have guys uh, with stuff but we're really just going to have to see once the games start whether it's actually going to to pan out um, but either way I think they're going to be a competitive team in the NL East this year. Um, But if some things go right, I think, you know, they could make that first wild card spot or even compete for the division title, um, you know, assuming that things do go right for them. But it'll be – this should be, you know, um, one of the more fun ends of the season. I guess where, you know, the start is already close to the end of the season comparative to, uh, you know, a regular year. But this should be a better end of the year than – the last two years for the Phillies. I don't foresee any, you know, huge collapse or anything. I think it'll be competitive right down to the wire.
0: If it's not better than the last two years, they're going to have the number one draft pick next summer.
2: So that, that is fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I do agree with you.
1: I think um, that, you know, it's a very talented roster. The lineup is super deep. Uh, like Ty said, I, I agree. I, I'm buying into the rotation a little bit more each day. Um, and and with the bullpen, who knows? I think the bullpen could be a disaster. Or, you know, a couple of the young guys figure it out, and and um, it could be a, a solid bullpen. Uh, but for me, the biggest problem, and and what I think will stand in the way of, of the Phillies making the playoffs, is the schedule. I think if they don't win the division, it's going to be hard to grab one of those wildcard spots just because, you know, they're playing um, – you know three really good NLE teams in the Nationals Braves and Mets and then the Yankees and the Rays um and even the Blue Jays and the Red Sox there's a lot of good teams that I think that will give the Phillies problems and I think that could play a role in and if they aren't able to win the division um them being able to get one of those two wild card spots
2: yeah do you uh, uh, do you guys have any anything for specific Phillies players that you think uh You know, we'll have really good years or anything like that, any certain milestones, uh, you know, anything in in that regard? I think Gene
0: Segura is really going to bounce back this season. I do think it weighed on him last year, uh, even though it it was ridiculous to blame him for Andrew McCutcheon's injury, but I do think that weighed on him that some people felt that way. So he is a bounce back. And, you know, we talk about last year, we thought, oh, the Phillies would have a great lineup, but Even since last year, you've added Andrew McCutcheon back and you've added Didi Gregorius and potentially Alec Boehm. So you've gotten yourself even deeper. To me, this is the deepest lineup potential that the Phillies have had since like 2009.
2: Yeah, I'd I'd agree with you there. Um, Johnny, do you have any predictions um, or anything like that for a specific player?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, Segura, I agree with, with everything that Tim said there. Um and I just think just like to to um, bounce off what he said regarding the lineup when you're the the seven eight nine is what is it, Segura, Kingery Hazley or Quinn? Like your lineup's deep when that's what you have at the bottom. Um I, I do definitely buy into the lineup. Ty, do you have anyone that
2: Yeah, so um I think uh you know we've talked a bunch about the bullpen, how there's a lot of uncertainty. But I think there will be one spot that, uh, you know, will be pretty much a sure thing. I think that Hector Neris, um, as he showed last year, he's going to be one of the better closers in baseball again. Uh, that splitter is that's one of the better pitches in all of baseball. Uh, when, when it's working for him, like that, it, it, it's close to untouchable, uh, when, when he's working right. And, uh, you know he doesn't have to face the Dodgers this year. They've always had his number a little bit, uh, even even last year. Or you think to that uh, game where he gave up three straight homers. So Still got to
0: face the Braves though.
2: That's that's true, but um, no i I think he could be poised for a really good year. I think he's one of the more underrated closers in baseball. He's uh, he, he's been really good outside of the beginning of uh, 2018. You know before that and even at, uh, since he got called back up at the end of 2018 he's been a he's been a really really good reliever for the Phillies yeah
0: he's kind of one of those guys I think you can put him in any role and it's appropriate if he pitches a seventh or eighth inning it's appropriate but if you put him in the ninth inning it's not like Jenmar Gomez closing like this is not someone that you look at and are like wow this guy shouldn't be a closer like you feel pretty comfortable with Hector because he has the splitter and the fastball isn't I mean, 95 was overpowering 15 years ago, but it's not for a closer now. But because the fast or the splitter is so dominant when he mixes that in there, I feel like it, it plays up better than just the 95 mile an hour fastball.
2: And, and the fastball is good spin. So I feel like uh, because most of his pitches are splitters, it probably looks like it's, everything's dropping straight down. And then throw a fastball with some good spin and almost has a, a rising effect that can be kind of tough to hit. He does. With the fastball, sometimes he can leave it right down the middle, and it'll get hit. But if he actually gets it up, it, it's usually a pretty decent pitch. So yeah, that's my that's what my prediction uh, for a certain player this year. Yeah, awesome.
1: All right, let's let's get into um, our playoff picks. Um, so we can go by league. So we can start with the National League, Tim. If you want to lead us off, are, are we going? Uh,
2: Lead with the wild cards or lead with the division winners? Division winners.
0: Uh, we're just <laughs> – we're jumping right into it. Uh, so, for the division winners, I am obviously going to take the Dodgers in the West. I, I don't think that that's exactly a shocking revelation. I, I kind of get the feeling with them. If it doesn't happen this year, it just it might not be meant to be. You had Mookie Betts, who is a, a Hall of Famer, if he has like three more years the way he's had – uh, you add him into that lineup, it, it's, it's just not fair. So I'm taking the Dodgers in the West. In the Central, I'm going to go with the Reds, who just kind of accumulated a bunch of really good offensive players. And their rotation is far from certain, but I think if things go right, they could win that. I could see any of three teams winning that. It wouldn't surprise me if the Brewers want it and the Cardinals won the NLCS last year and have a, a pretty solid team so wouldn't surprise me if they want it but I'm going to go with the Reds and then I, I guess I'm a little bit less high on the Braves than I was maybe in March just with Cole Hamels being hurt and Freddie Freeman's working his way back from having COVID but I, I still I like that team too much and the the Phillies should be scared that they have to be in that in a division with the team that's managed to sign their two best players to deals that are highway robbery for the team
2: yeah um I'll I'll give mine I guess for the division winners um obviously gonna go with the Dodgers uh I think the Padres could compete um but that Dodgers team is just uh you know they're stacked. Honestly, they were the best team last year, and adding, adding Mookie Betts, it just makes them a little bit overpowered. Uh, you know Bellinger and and Betts, and just the whole rest of that lineup is is so deep. Probably the best in all of baseball. Uh, for the Central, I am also going to go with the Reds. I, I don't know. You know, Tim mentioned two other teams he thought could win it I think the Cubs could also compete I I know people are out on them because maybe you know it looks like they're getting ready to trade away some of their pieces and uh, you know it looks like they're getting ready to move on from that 2016 team but they haven't you know they haven't traded all of them away yet they still have some they still have some good players you know Chris Bryant Anthony Rizzo uh, and obviously Javier Baez uh, and you know, if some of those older players just, if they get hot for 60 games, I think this team could could make a run at it. Yeah, and I'm also going to go with the Braves to win the NL East. I'm not as high on them as I once was, but uh, I still think they win the division. Losing Puig, uh, not being able to sign him definitely hurts, but I still think that um, there's a possibility they end up getting him. And either way, I still think they're probably the best team in this division. So I'm going to go – the West and Central
1: have the same picks. Dodgers, like you guys said, they're stacked. I think that, uh, you know, if the Dodgers were to finally win a World Series after, you know, all these years of making the playoffs, I think it would be this year just, you know, so people would call it fake or whatever. You know, Clayton Kershaw finally performs in the playoffs in a shortened season. Who knows? Um, But, yeah, that – like you, like Ty, you said the the Padres could compete, but I think the Dodgers probably win the most games out of any any team in baseball this year. Um, I'm also taking the Reds for the Central. I like the pitching staff with um, Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo and Trevor Bauer, and like Tim mentioned, that lineup is just really, really good. Um, you know who who knows how many home runs Freddie Galvis hits this year? Could be <laughs> any number, but um for the east I mentioned this on last week's episode I think the Mets um are going to win the division everything seems to be going against the Braves like Freddie Freeman still uh recovering from the coronavirus Cole Hamels isn't going to be able to start the season uh Nick Marcakis opted out and then you know the Braves went to sign Yasiel Puig and then were unable to uh so it just does seem like things are, aren't are going their way. So um, like I mentioned last week, I, I do like the Mets' bullpen and the top of the rotation. I think their lineup is, is underrated, and it's also very deep. Um, maybe not quite as good as the Braves, but still really deep lineup. So I'm taking the Mets.
0: Yeah, I, I just – I don't know. I have this feeling with the Mets that it's not backed up by facts. I just – something always seems to go wrong with the Mets, and I, I feel – wrong picking the Mets because prior to the season I thought they were like a 92 win roster but then I Carlos Beltran happened and I, I just look at the bullpen and I'm like in the best case scenario let's say Edwin Diaz bounces back Dylan Batances bounces back you don't even really need Yuri's familiar. If you get like two of those three guys to bounce back, you might have the best bullpen in baseball. But I could very easily see a scenario where it's a train wreck again and Edwin Diaz gets lumped in with like Carl Pavano and some of these guys that have gone to New York and it just end up being a complete disaster. So I just I won't be shocked if the Mets are in the playoffs. I also won't be shocked if they finish in fourth place and uh the season's looked at as a mess.
2: Just wait till A Rod puts him back on track.
0: <laughs> wait till Joshua Harris puts him back on track.
2: Nah, I, I think I want A
1: Rod to buy the Mets. Give me A Rod and Jeter owning two teams in the NL East. A <laughs>
0: Rod, he's not even trying to hide it anymore. Talking about like, oh yeah, I think we should have a salary cap in baseball. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> he made like half a billion dollars at least, probably more than that in his career. It's yeah. just,
2: I think he's so, still. You're not
0: the messenger for this.
2: Yeah, he's still made the mo up to this point. I think he's still made the most money in Major League Baseball history. Uh, yeah, in, in salary. I
0: I don't know who's really going to top that because, like Bryce Harper was one of the options, but he isn't going to have an opt out now. Like A Rod might have I think, that for. I think for, Trout.
2: Uh, I think Trout comes close once it's all said and done. Might happen. Yeah.
1: Um, who are your guys' uh, wild card picks for the NL?
0: So for the two wild card spots, uh. there there really aren't too many bad teams in the National League that you can immediately discount. I'm going to take the Cardinals for the top wild card spot, and I am going to take the Phillies for the second one, which I did not feel that way uh, over an 162-game season. But I watched the Nationals, and I just – I think something is off with that team. And, you know, part of me thought, well, over the course of a 60-game season, they're much better set up. But the more – I am oversampling that game that they had there last weekend where Max Scherzer looked like a disaster because you lost Anthony Rendon, who was your best player a season ago. I'm not especially sure why teams are going to pitch frequently to Juan Soto this season. I like Carter Keboom. I don't think he's making up for Anthony Rendon. So the Nationals are one of those teams I could see really taking a step back, or I could see them winning the wild card spot. You also have the Mets here. But I think what Johnny said earlier – is probably pretty true that the the, the teams in the East are kind of screwed just by where they are in the country because you have to play a bunch of the really good teams. So it is legitimate to say the teams in the Central and West may be better suited, and the Diamondbacks have a nice roster, and I wouldn't be shocked if any of the teams in the NL Central came out other than the Pirates, and I wouldn't be shocked. I, I think the Padres are probably a year away. But in a 60-game season, all bets are off. Who
1: knows? Yeah, I think the the thing with the Nationals for me is, uh, like, last year, a lot of things did go right for them. And Steven Strasberg, he hasn't stayed healthy for a full season, really, in his career until last year. And he was able to stay healthy then. And then for the playoffs, is he going to be as effective after pitching how many innings last year? He literally pitched over
0: 100 more innings last year when you count the playoffs than he had the season before. It's The the stats, and uh, maybe it's not a causation, but there's definitely a correlation between people, especially ones that have already had a lot of injuries, that see these gigantic innings jumps year to year, and then they come back the next year and they get hurt.
1: Yeah, and, and I think even we've talked about it on the pod before, Max Scherzer, it does seem like he's starting to, you know, go a little bit past his prime. It's just tough with with the lineup and, and um everything with, with the nationals to to pick them to make the playoffs. So I I do agree that they they miss out. Yeah, yeah. the
0: thing with Scherzer, I, I kind of feel like there was this thought a few years ago, okay, maybe this is like a Randy Johnson guy that doesn't really peak till he's like 29 or 30. And then is just good till he's like 43. And the more that I watched him in the second half of last year, I kind of wondered if he's going to have like a, a Roy Halladay type thing where he just one day just comes back and hits a wall. I hope not. I mean, to me, he's one of the most exciting pitchers I've ever watched, but he's on the injured list twice. He had to be scratched from a world series start Uh, eventually you just kind of hit a wall
2: yeah uh i that's something i've um you know talked about with with johnny and you know he's obviously been very very good in the past that is probably that signing by the Nats is probably one of you know because it ended up in a in a world series and him being very good probably one of the best free agent signings you know we've seen in our lifetime uh but he was, he was hurt in the second half of last year, of course, but he, he was not good in the second half and you can blame it on injury, but he's getting older and older pitchers do get hurt a lot. So, you know, who knows if we ever see Max Scherzer the same way that, uh, you know, he, he once was, we'll, we'll have to see, but, uh, I I don't know if you can necessarily count on it.
1: Yeah. Todd, do you want to give your, uh, wildcard teams?
2: Yeah. Um, I'm going to go a little bit bolder with this one. Uh not really with the teams, but uh you know, more so with the situation. I'm I'm going to go in the first wild card spot, I'm going to go with the Mets. Uh just, you know, for a bunch of the same reasons that Johnny put them uh, you know, to win his division. I think I think they're a really good team. I like that bullpen a lot uh cuz I I think that, you know, Diaz is going to bounce back. I think that Petancus is going to be good for them. And, and obviously, you know, Lugo and Familia um, are very good as well. So I'm going to go with the Mets in that first wildcard spot. Second wildcard spot, I'm going to have the Padres and the Phillies tied at the end of the season, you know, game 61, I guess, you know, uh, formerly known as game 163, game 61, Phillies and Padres. uh, I guess it's going to depend who's a Who's available to pitch? Uh, who would win that game? But if it's Aaron Nola and Chris Paddock, um, I think I like Aaron Nola in that matchup. So we'll go. A give field, a, and
1: give a, me the weather forecast, and I'll tell you. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Pete
0: McCannon would take Chris Paddock.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, if it's in, if it's in if yeah if it's in San Diego, I think you like uh Aaron Nola because it's yeah. World. Yeah, it's true. Yeah,
1: there's definitely – I don't know, like, the exact math with it, but there's definitely a much higher chance of multiple ties this year just because 60 games versus 162, there's, you know, much less randomization. And, and also, you know, there could be, like, a five-way tie for the second card spot. What would they even do? Uh, I don't know. But – Who knows? Yeah. Um, Game so, 61, 62, 63. <laughs> uh, my picks – but uh, I have the Braves first wild card spot. I still think they are really good team. I just still like the Mets for the division, and then for my second wild card spot, I'm taking the Diamondbacks. I like the Mad Bum edition, and I just like that that lineup. Cattell Marte is really really good. Um, you know, I think he builds off a, a really good season last year, and I just I, I think that team sneaks in. Um, yeah. So um, who do you guys have for – Tim, who do you have for your award picks, MVP Cy Young uh, for the National League?
0: Let me just slide that up. So this is – it's going to sound really stupid. I'm still taking Gavin Lux for rookie of the year. I don't even know if you wanted that one, but I'm taking Gavin Lux even though he got an option. But then for Cy Young, I think we kind of saw a changing of the guard last year. For so many years it felt like it was between Max Scherzer – and Clayton Kershaw. I think now it's going to be between Jack Flaherty and Walker Bueller. I'm going to take Jack Flaherty, but I also recognize that Jacob deGrom's been the best pitcher in baseball the last two seasons, so he's a legitimate option. And then MVP, I'm taking Mookie Betts, which is crazy because he will be – if he wins an MVP with the Dodgers, just the second person in history to win an MVP in both leagues. There's like seven pitchers, I believe, Roy Halladay's one of them, that have won Cy Young's in both leagues. Frank Robinson's the only one that's won an MVP in both leagues. I think Mookie Betts is going to become the second this year.
2: Yeah, um, for my picks, I'm going to go uh, starting off with rookie of the year. I am going to go with Dylan Carlson. Uh, I, it seems like he will get called up, uh, make the roster as soon as that, you know, six days or whatever is up. Um, not exactly sure on that, but it looks like he'll be on the roster uh, at some point in the near future. And I just think he's, he's going to hit for the Cardinals. I I just, I, I like that bat a lot. Uh, so he's going to be my pick. Uh, I think Lux could, could win it too. I, he's obviously really good. One of the best prospects in baseball, but, uh, I'm going to go with Carlson for my Cy Young pick. Maybe this is uh, a little bit boring, but I'm going to go with Jacob deGrom. I, you know, he had that little, uh, Scare with his back, I guess, last week, uh, but it looks like he'll be fine. And I just think he—he's uh, one of the more dominant pitchers that we've seen uh, over the last few years. It's been really incredible to watch—to watch him win, uh, you know, Cy Youngs with no wins. I know uh, Felix Hernandez kind of, you know, shattered that thinking when he won it back, uh, you know, a few years ago now. But watching Jacob DeGrom. Uh, dominate without getting pitcher wins. Uh, you know, maybe he racks up some wins this year. He might even uh, earn more wins this year than he did when uh, you know he won <laughs> his first Cy Young. If How was, many did he
1: have that year? Like eleven? I think it, it was, think it was. Think it was nine. Yeah, it was nine. Yeah. yeah.
2: Maybe he gets ten. You know, who knows? He, ten and two, something like that. I don't think it's out of the, you know, out of the realm of possibility. So that's that's my pick for Cy Young MVP. Gonna go with uh, Young and up up and coming star here. I'm gonna go with. Juan Soto you know if he uh if he gets hot over 60 games like that is that's dangerous he is uh and he's also one of one of the better personalities in my opinion in in the game you know just watching him dominate the playoffs last year and be really cool while doing it was definitely something to watch so
0: you you have Juan Soto winning the MVP but the Nationals missed the playoffs
2: yeah Yes. Okay. Over a 60-game
0: season, I feel like it's going to be really hard to have the MVP or Cy Young winner and miss the playoffs.
2: They, one person can rake on their own, and that doesn't mean the team's going to win at all.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I actually also ha- here have uh, Juan Soto winning the MVP. So, And I don't have the Nationals. <laughs> I, he, <laughs> watching Juan Soto in the playoffs last year was – it was just really fun to watch. He was, you know, on a tear, like – when he hit that home run off uh, Kershaw in the NLDS, like, that was one of the best moments in, in baseball. In the, in the homer, the homer
2: off Verlander when, yeah, he, right. when he took the bat over to first base yeah. after Bregman oh, yeah. did it.
1: Yeah, it was, it was great. So, you know, I have Juan Soto winning that, even though people forget that Vince Velasquez had more outfield assists than Juan Soto last year. Um, and then uh, Cy Young, I actually also have DeGrom. He's the best pitcher in baseball. That's for me. That's, that's just who I'm going with. And then uh rookie of the year. I am also going to go Gavin Lux. I just think he's the, the, the clear choice. Um, yeah. So I guess we can, um, talk about the American league now. I think, you know, when you look at the national league, Tim, you mentioned this, there are like four teams maybe that, you know, for a fact aren't going to make the playoffs with, with the American league. I think it's a little less up in the air. Um, There may be one or two teams who you aren't sure about, but there are a lot of really bad teams. Um, But we can just dive in. Um, Tim, you can start your, your playoff picks. So for the two wild
0: cards, I'm going to take the Yankees for the first one. I think they'd win pretty much any other division in baseball. And then I'm going to take the Twins again. So for the 20th straight year, you're going to get a wild card game or a playoff series of Yankees and Twins. I think the Twins have an impossibly deep lineup and would win a lot of divisions in baseball. However, I'm going to go Rays in the East. I love their rotation, especially now that Glasnow is back. Uh, And then I'm going to take the Astros in the West. I still think they're just too talented of a roster. And I actually think there's guys on that roster like Alex Bregman that will probably feed off of being the villain. So the Astros in the West. And then in the Central, I'm going to take whatever we're calling the Cleveland team now, I'm going to take them because I think uh, last year they won 93 games and Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez had like weird fluky years. And I don't think that's going to happen this season. And they have great pitching and they added Cesar Hernandez. So, yeah, I mean, you just go down the list. I I think the Indians are in really, really good shape this year. And it it might be the last go round with this group, but I think they're going to make the best of it.
2: Yeah, uh, f- for my picks for the American League, I'm going to go with the Rays to win the AL East. Uh, Phillies are going to see a lot of lot of these teams, uh, you know, in the AL East. That's all they're playing, NL East and AL East. So they'll play the Rays a few times, and I think the Phillies could struggle with them. They're a really good team. Uh, AL Central, I'm going to go with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, the West, I'm going with the Astros. Uh, you know everyone knows that the Astros cheated but uh, I think people are also forgetting that they are really really good like they have a lot of really good players Um, and you know there's more than one guy on that team that you could you know you would not be shocked if they won AL MVP uh, or or anything like that so just that, that you know they're a really good team that's why I'm going with them for the West um I'll give you my wild card picks too. I'm going to go with the Yankees. I think everyone, um, you know, for the most part, everyone uh, that follows baseball is going to go with, you know, the Rays and Yankees are both going to make the playoffs. One will win the division, one will win the wild card. Uh, we'll have to see which one's which. Uh my bolder one for my second wild card in the AL, I'm going with the Texas Rangers. I like I like that one through 3. Uh in the starting rotation, Minor, Lynn, Kluber, Kluber could be big this year. Tell me about the lineup, though.
0: Yeah, come oh, on. Up.
2: Up. They got Joey Gallo. Okay. They got Joey. They got, Gallo.
0: Didn't they get Todd Frazier too? I believe so. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> you people forget he played in the Little League World Series.
2: <laughs> they don't talk about it ever. They, I've never, I've never heard uh, that he played. The the one team in the
0: American League I'm kind of excited about, although it probably wouldn't be good for the Phillies. I'm interested to see if the Blue Jays can almost just bat their way into the playoffs this season. And they got Ryu, who's one of the most underrated pitchers. So I'm interested to see uh, what they're able to do this season. They're probably another team like the Padres, probably even more than the Padres that are a year or two away. But good things appear to be on the horizon there.
1: The Blue Jays remind me of the, the Astros of, like, 2014-ish. 2015, they, yeah. Yeah, they, whatever year they, like, made the playoffs out of nowhere. Yeah,
2: 15.
0: Yeah, yeah the year they, they blew it to Kansas City in the right. NLD – or ALDS, yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: but, yeah. yeah I uh, I agree. That, that should be a fun team. Yeah, so
1: I – um, division, I'm the same as, as both of you guys. Um, Ray's Indians and Astros. I said uh, twins. I, oh, you said twins. Well, same as Tim then. Um, <laughs> I think the Indians, Indians like they can take any pitcher and just make him like a, a borderline Cy Young candidate after like three years in the organization. Uh, Shane Bieber last year. I, I'm a Aaron Savali uh, believer. He's their number four this year. I mean, they traded their two best – arguably their two best starting pitchers from 2018 last year. And they still have a top three rotation in baseball. It's just uh, crazy. And I like the – the lineup's a little bit top-heavy, but I still really like it. And I think Fran Reyes is going to have a huge year. I think he's going to hit like 25 homers. He's looked really, 20, really – 25? 25. 25. He's going to he's <laughs> gonna hit so many bombs. Um, he's my MVP there, but – he murdered the
0: Phillies in San Diego last year, yep. which is lost in, like, the most catastrophic series in Phillies history.
2: Gabe hey, Bruce went off, though. Yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, and then my wild card picks, definitely going with the Yankees. Um, that, trouble deciding for the second one, like, could go with the Twins or A's because I think those are probably, the on paper, the two best teams that aren't um, – you know, the, the three division winners. I kind of like the Angels this year. I think they could sneak in. They have an interesting rotation and they have the best player in baseball. And I think Otani is going to also um, compete for the uh, AL MVP. So I, I think the Angels could be an interesting team. I think the AL West in general could, could have some interesting uh, teams like Ty Mesh the Rangers um, and the A's. I think it'll be a better division than people think.
0: Yeah, the A's have won 97 games in each of the last two seasons, and they're just like an afterthought in the American League. It's it's very strange. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll dive right into the awards then. Um, Tim, you can start us.
0: Yeah, sh- sure. So for the American League Rookie of the Year, I'm going to take Luis Robert in Chicago. I think he's going to be a superstar outfielder. They already locked him up. That is a team – that uh, is kind of struck the perfect balance of acquiring veterans like Yasmani Grandal, but also developing like blue chip type talent. So I don't think they're a playoff team yet, but in a few years, especially if the Indians tear down, uh, they could certainly be a team that I, I think they're going to become the most interesting team in Chicago, if not this year, pretty soon. For the Cy Young Award, I, I really was going to go with Tyler Glass now. I'm a little like worried that he came in late to camp. So I'm going to go with Garrett Cole and maybe I was always overthinking it not to go with Garrett Cole. And then for the MVP, I mean, it's it's going to be renamed the Mike Trout award someday. So I'm going to go Trout, but I really am a believer that heel Alex Bregman is going to be like unreal. So it, it wouldn't shock me if he just goes off this season and it's not exactly a, a bold prediction based off last year, but you have him, you have Aaron Judge, you have Francisco Lindor, Jose Ramirez, Matt Chapman, George Springer, whoever. But it just – it always feels like you're competing for the number two spot.
2: Yeah, for, uh, for my award predictions in the AL, for Rookie of the Year, I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go with Brendan McKay on the Rays. Uh, left-handed pitcher. I, it looks like um, he wasn't – he left camp. Uh, and I, so I don't know if he's going to be fully on schedule, but it looks like, uh, he's going to be in the rotation, um, you know, in a regular year, maybe he isn't called up till later in the season, but it looks like he's going to be around for most of the year. Uh, so I'm going to go with him. I hope he hits too. He, uh, was a two way guy in the minors. He wasn't exactly good at hitting, but yeah, he doesn't, he, he's not exactly Shohei Otani. He doesn't really, I think he had, he
1: played a couple of games, like he hit maybe, he had like eight at bats
2: last year, or something. Yeah, so he's definitely not as good a hitter as he is a pitcher. But two way guys are cool. So I hope he does hit, just uh, you know, for my entertainment uh, purposes, I guess. Um, Cy Young, I'm going to go with the guy that Tim just mentioned. Another Ray, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Glass now. I know he's a little bit behind, but you know, he really did figure it out last year uh, after struggling a bit to start his career, and I I think that. He I think this could be the year that he establishes himself as, you know, one of the best pitchers in baseball and not just somebody with potential Um, MVP because Mike Trout, it looks like he's going to miss time with uh, the birth of his child. And, you know, uh, who knows how much time he will miss. I don't know if he'll uh, if he'll play enough games to get it just because, you know, if you miss a week or two of this season, that's uh, that's such a big portion so I'm not going to go with him, but I am going to go with his teammate, um, somebody that Johnny just mentioned. I'm going to go with Otani. I think if he's above average on both sides of the ball that uh, he could end up getting this award. Uh, you just have
1: a ridiculous effort too. Cause like yeah. know, pitching and hitting every day that you're not pitching, you just rack it up.
2: Yeah. Well, I think they said he's going to pitch once a week and hit three or four times a week. So like the, uh, you know, the wins above replacement, like, he could rack those up, Uh and I don't think he even needs to be, like, MVP level uh, for, like, a usual MVP um, at both sides, if that makes sense. Like, I think if he's just, like, all-star level uh both sides, I think that is enough to win MVP in such a weird year. If that...
0: I hope a- it works for Otani. I just... I really don't think it's sustainable, and it might work over a sixty-game season, over a 162, probably not. And the weird dynamic with him is he's so good at both. If he had to pick one, I don't even—I'm not even 100% sure which one they would go with. So uh, I, I hope it works for him. I hope Mike Trout's in the playoffs. I don't think it's going to happen because I just—the rotation—you can't rely on a position player to be your your ace of your staff.
1: I'm I'm just excited to watch him pitch again.
0: Oh, I am too. I just <laughs> so you look, the rest of that rotation for yeah, me no. is just not good. I think they they may be the third best team in the division. I I struggle to put them any higher than that.
2: Yeah, it does. Like it, you know, it does suck for the Angels that you know their best pitcher is only pitching once a week because he's also probably their third best hitter. Like it, it sucks that he can't play every single day. All the Angels need is a renaissance here from Albert Pujols.
1: Maybe throw Justin Upton in the mix. You know, that team be really good in, like, 2014. But um, so my picks, I'm also going to go Robert for the year. I just think he's uh, the clear-cut pick. Cy Young, I'm also going to go Glass now. Um, that was between him, Cole, uh, Mike Clevenger. Um, but I think that glass now last year, so last year he had 12 starts, which is probably what, um, pitchers are going to get the, this season. And, you know, 1.78 ERA, uh, he was just, he was really good. He struck out everyone. Um, and I think, uh, he's like Ty said, he's going to cement himself as one of the best pitchers in baseball. And then I mentioned this earlier, I'm going really bold with my MVP pick. Um, I'm going for Emil Reyes. Now this is mostly based on the fact that it's a 60 game season. Um, he's in the middle of a lineup with um, Carlos Santana, Francisco Lindor, and um, Jose Ramirez, who all, you know, like Tim mentioned, Jose Ramirez had a weird season, Francisco Lindor was hurt, but both those guys tear the cover off the ball. Carlos Santana is coming off the best season of his career. I think Reyes in that lineup is just going to mash over 60 games. Um, you know, we, like Ty and I have joked a lot about, like, a short season Mike Alfranco MVP season and like I do think there's a legitimate chance for that there are those guys who you wouldn't think of. Not that it would be Michael Franco, but I think reyes is one of those guys. He can just, you know, go on a go on a tear for forty or fifty games and um you know, we'll see. But uh I kinda yeah. wonder
0: with glass now if he's not one of those type of guys. Like I I struggle to imagine him ever being someone that pitches two hundred and twenty innings in a season. Like he's kind of more of the Charlie Morton type to me, which is not a diss but. I don't know. He uh, This may be his best chance in this shortened season.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I hope he can stay healthy, first and foremost. Um, but I, wonder, I also wonder how he develops as a pitcher. Because right now, like, we talked a lot about, like, Nick Pavetta. He can't succeed as a two-pitch pitcher. Tyler Glass now did succeed as a two-pitch pitcher. He doesn't throw anything else other than fastball and a curveball. They're just filthy. Um, so you know, I wonder if he adds a change-up or, or something else to his his repertoire during his career. Um, but before we wrap things up, do you guys have any any like last minute takes or, or anything for the season?
0: Well, we got to give our World Series predictions, oh, right? Oh yeah. All yeah. right. Well, that mine's relatively simple. I think I gave it away. I, I, the Dodgers are my World Series pick over the Indians. Uh, I I just think this is one of the deepest teams we've maybe ever seen having Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger in the middle of that lineup. Uh, the bullpen worries me a little bit, but I think the starting rotation, when you have Clayton Kershaw as like your number two or three guy, you're you're in really good shape. Walker Bueller is probably one of the – he's not one of the five. He's definitely one of the ten best pitchers in baseball. So I'm going to take them. But I, I really do like Cleveland this season. And I, I think Francisco Lindor – Come this off season, if there's any sense of normalcy, and if there's winter meetings or anything like that, we're going to be talking a lot about the sweepstakes of Francisco Lindor.
2: Yeah, for my World Series predictions, I'm going to I'm going to go with a rematch of the 2017 World Series. I'm going to go with the Astros and the Dodgers. And you know who doesn't love a feel good story? The Astros are finally, <laughs> the Astros are finally going to prove that you know they were legit in 2017. <laughs> I think they're going to win it this year. Oh, that would make uh, everyone so mad. It,
0: it would actually be good for baseball in a weird way because baseball needs villains. The the baseball was great when Barry Bonds was there and everybody hated him, but then he had a home run off the brick wall in center field and everybody stood there in amazement. Like you need these heels in baseball and I don't think you've had them and the Astros being that even though there's no fans I I think it's it's an interesting dynamic and it's something people will tune in for that maybe wouldn't have otherwise tuned in because they want to either see this team lose or they're contrarians and want to see them win because everyone else wants to see them lose
2: Bregman and and Correa like doubling down before the season was shut down. I think that's great. Like Bregman's non apology, I think was great for the brand. I think it. I think it was a a good move. Uh, just 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 let everybody know you're yeah. not sorry, and just go out and win again. That would be awesome. Just
0: and uh, Jose Altuve is definitely going to hit a walk off home run at some point this year and rip his shirt off to <laughs> to show the the tattoo. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, my World Series pick, I'm going the Rays over the Mets. Um, I just really like the Rays pitching staff. It's so deep. Um, and the lineup is, is pretty good as well. And I just like them to come out of, of that, uh, the American League. And, uh, you know, the Mets, like I said earlier, I just buy into to the, the bullpen and the lineup and Jacob
2: deGrom. This has nothing to do with this season, but the other day they were showing uh, Game Six of the 2015 World Series on Fox Sports One. So I was watching the last Mets World Series appearance, and it was just wonderful to see how the whole game they were just talking about uh, how good Matt Harvey's performance was, and it was <laughs> so great to watch the to watch the game knowing that he uh, you know he would not finish the job. And...
0: Was that the game Joanna Suspect has started in center field? <laughs> And maybe game game one was the one.
2: Game one was the one that he played center and the ball hit off his shin. (laughs)
0: To just like people roasted Cam Newton when he didn't dive on the ball in the Super Bowl, but Joanna Suspitus on that play, just completely giving up on it and allowing the inside the park home run was one of the most underrated, just like moments of, of shame in sports in recent memory.
2: Do Johnny, I have one question for you. Do you think the Mets, like, starting rotation is good enough to make the World Series?
1: Yeah, I do. I think Stroman, I think, b- you? Bounce block?
2: back, bounce back Porcello bounce or back what? Bounce back Porcello? Well, listen, yeah. Obviously.
0: Michael Wacca. They're, they're Michael Wacca has
1: experience. No, I mean, I, I really like, I mean, DeGrom's the best pitcher in baseball, and Marcus Stroman was really good last year. And really, the Nationals showed us last year that, to make a run in the playoffs, you need three really good starting pitchers. We know the Mets have two, and they have a way better bullpen than the Nats have. So, yeah, but
2: who? But who's the third? You just said you need three, and I don't. Well, if they right, had, right. if they had Syndergaard, I think I'd be more. I think I, they're. I don't know. I don't I know if they're they, fine
1: without Syndergaard. Syndergaard. When has Syndergaard ever been that good? On like, actually performed all that. Yeah,
0: play? I think you could make a case the Mets would have been better off re-signing Zach Wheeler and moving cinder guard for something else
1: yeah
2: i agree i do like uh, the mets yeah, this year though listen, like listen, that bullpen rick could sell
1: rick porcello is a winner all right <laughs> how many games did he win that year more, <laughs> than, right. more than jacob de <laughs> yeah. exactly more than yeah. verlander exactly so yeah i i think they're good enough i think they'll be fine
0: i think there's like legitimately 10 teams that could probably win the world series this year like the obviously the yankees dodgers and rays i would put in their own category and and i guess i have to say cleveland cuz i have them in the world series but those are the three best teams to me but teams even 4 through 12 could legitimately make a run this season like you look at the twins had what four or five guys had 30 home runs last season and added josh donaldson like there are teams like that that Maybe we don't love every aspect of their team, but they might just be so good at one aspect that it carries them in this type of season.
2: yeah, yeah it, it, didn't fe- it didn't feel that way before uh, you know this was a 60 game season. It felt like there was four or five teams max uh, in a 162 game season that would uh, you know that would win the wor- that could win the World Series, but it really does feel like there, uh, a lot of teams can make the playoffs, and a lot of teams could get hot and win it all. Which, yeah, and,
1: you know, who knows, like, the Nats would have missed the playoffs last year if it was a 60-game season, right? So, who knows, you know, do we see a, a team that everyone sees as a lock somehow struggle out the gate and, and miss the playoffs? Who knows? Um, What's the wildest
0: team that could win the World Series, is this year sure?
2: Um, That's who the Marlins call the White, up. The White Sox?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of, it's either the Padres or the White Sox, at the And both of those, to me, are, like, super long shots. But... They're not in the category. Like, I like where the Marlins are going. They're not there. But uh, <laughs> They could make the
1: playoffs. Next to yeah. Sanchez, rookie of the year?
0: <laughs> no, I, I think White Sox and Padres are two of those teams. And maybe if the Blue Jays were to somehow, like, add a huge pitcher at the deadline. But it, it's probably prohibitive just because they're in that division.
1: Right. Yeah, well, um, unless you guys have any other thoughts, uh, that'll wrap things up for today. Thanks to everyone for listening. And next week we'll be coming at you with another episode that is the first of the uh, Phillies nation podcast that is actually talking about Phillies baseball that just happened. So we're looking forward to it. Thanks for listening.
0: You can listen to the Phillies nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller every Wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.